Welcome to another episode of the Reboot Chronicles, a no-holds-barred forum with global leaders, authors, entrepreneurs, and CEOs about how organizations stay focused on growth and innovation in unprecedented times. I'm your host, Dean DeBias, coming to you live from Revive's North American headquarters in Chicago, and we would like to thank you for joining us from around the globe today. I'd like to welcome Ivan Markham. He's the Chief Business Officer of Verizon Media. And he serves as either an advisor or a board member or an investor at many tech companies, including companies like Creator IQ, Measured, Holly, Twine, Petinsure, Wonder, Qless, and Local ID. So uh, it's quite a list of stuff there, uh, Yvonne. The um, those of you that don't know, um, you know, Verizon has all types of brands that they've accumulated over the years. It's not just your mother's old phone company anymore. So things like Yahoo, Huffington Post, TechCrunch. The whole media group kind of brings that together. So lots of different properties that help people stay informed, stay entertained, and uh, communicate and transact like many of us do. And as you can imagine, during the pandemic 2020 lockdown, stuff that we've all been going through, their use has just probably skyrocketed, very similar to what we've seen on a lot of the partners with Revive and usage of different types of things. Yvonne, I want to welcome you. You're looking good out there. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, anytime. You... um. Haven't seen you in a long time, but uh, you know I forgot to mention in, in my intro that you also own AOL. And uh, full disclosure, a long time ago I sold uh, one of the first online games company to AOL. It became AOL Games, and I must say I had the time of my life working at AOL during that uh, transition period. It was uh, it was good days. The um, maybe maybe just to start out, you know, we, now we know a little bit about the company, but maybe tell us about your role and what you're doing to kind of impact the company might be a great place to, uh, you know, we've talked about Verizon before and the massive investment in 5G, but we, uh, we held the good stuff for you. Yep. Thank you. So um, when you think about Verizon Media, it's one of three business units within Verizon. You have the consumer business, which is, you know, as you mentioned, your, your, um, uh, consumer phone and other uh, uh, connectivity solutions. Then there's the uh, business uh, business unit that has uh, enterprise and government uh, communication solutions. And then there's Bryson Media. And when you think about Bryson Media, we serve three uh, uh, big customer groups. One is consumers, and you were talking about AOL and brands like Yahoo and TechCrunch uh, and, and, and so on. And then there's advertisers so we help advertisers engage with their target audiences whether that's on our own properties or through our ad tech um, in in other uh, key uh, partners and publishers which is that other side um, who are either trying to deliver great content and video experiences through our Verizon media platform as well as trying to monetize their assets uh, through our advertising technology so my role within Verizon Media is to run the B2B business. Um, so I'm, in, in, uh, I'm responsible for, for you know, the, the, the advertising and the media platform business. And you know, to your point on what I've been focused on, um, the whole space is evolving very fast and, and has been transforming um, you know, at, at great speed. So, so my role in there has been to uh, really partner with all of our uh, thousands of employees and and, and, and build that future and, and continue to evolve our offerings and solutions to kind of lean into that future. Yeah, sounds, that sounds good. Um, let's start with that, though. You mentioned people. So does, is Verizon Media a totally different culture than the mothership? 
you know, back in New Jersey. So you guys are more left coast uh, kind of a culture. Yeah, no, you, you know, it's interesting. Um, I joined around the time when Hans uh, uh, was appointed as CEO of Verizon. So the whole company has seen mm. a, a ton of evolution and, and transformation of its culture. And you've, you've likely seen a lot of that in the public domain. We all have common elements. And I would say, you know, some of the common elements are probably best defined by, by the, the mission of uh, creating the networks that move the, vol- the world forward. So really a lot of, you know, how we connect people with their passions, how we connect businesses with growth and so on. But then we also have a lot of our own, uh, you know, subcultures, if you will. And you were talking about, uh, you know, our heritage. Um, so we definitely have very unique traits that, that, that pertain to this business unit, which also have to do with the types of uh, customers that we engage with uh, and so on. So it's a, it's, it's a nice, uh, a really nice uh, thriving melting pot. Yeah, I bet. The, um, so maybe let's start with the consumers. What, um, we've reported a lot on, uh, on Reboot Chronicles, what's going on and how behavior is changing, but our, you've got a massive audience and very divergent uh, ways to get to them and, and advertisers that want to get to them. What, what are the big trends you've seen in 2020? And then maybe we can kind of unpack those about what's temporary versus long-term shifts. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we reach about 900 million uh, uh, users worldwide. Um, We've seen significant changes when it comes to consumption patterns, as you would expect as as the uh, pandemic hit, but also being in an election year in the U.S. and so on, there's been uh, significant uh, increases in consumption of news as well as uh, uh, life-oriented solutions and, and entertainment. And in our particular case, because we have uh, quite a bit of activity on the finance front, uh, lots of interest um, uh, when it comes to you know following the market volatility and what's going on there. And then when you think about how uh, uh, consumers engage, we've uh, continued to see both the the scaling and growth of of mobile but importantly really a step up on over the top uh, uh type media consumption you know streaming adoption continues to uh, uh grow and uh you know uh, we we saw that uh, uh uh connected tv viewership audience exceed 200 million for the first time last year and just you know kind of skyrocketing from there. So uh, those are some of the big changes that we've seen. Um, and I would say, you know, you'd say, well, some of those may have peaked at some point in time right. uh, with, with with the pandemic and so on. But we're seeing a bunch of those, quite frankly, making more of a step function and staying there. So, you know, as I think about particularly some of the uh, 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 cord cutting and, and, you know, connected TV type consumption, what I would say is that it probably brought forward a new state of, of consumer behavior. And then right. once again, when it comes to uh, trusted news, trusted media consumption, similarly uh, seeing that that behavior persist. Yeah, the cord cutting topic is uh, when I used to go to cocktail parties, that would be the first question people ask me now. I don't know. I'm, I'm dying to go to a cocktail party, by the way. <laughs> Please have one. The 
it's a big topic and I get the questions all the time. What should I do? And it's not an easy answer. It's like, well, it, what do you like to watch? I'm a news junkie and movies. So I'm easy. I don't need a sports stuff. That's the hard part to bundle in there. And um, so uh, I can hear the cable TV audience watching and cringing uh, the executives right now because it's, you know, it, it used to be a very scary subject for them, but they figured out a way around it. So this whole maybe tell the viewers a little bit about OTT versus, you know, CTV and what all that means and uh, maybe maybe a little advice on what they should do. Yeah, well, look, I, I, I mean, I'll, I'll probably start by saying the, the, the obvious that, uh, you know, it's an incredibly dynamic uh, space that has seen massive change this year. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we participate in it from uh, different perspectives. I, I shared with you that one of our uh, B2B capabilities is around content delivery and, and video streaming, what we call the Verizon Media Platform. So we have about 10,000 of the world's largest brands and publishers, uh, companies like Disney and Fox and Discovery, and we're helping them prepare, deliver, and uh, display and monetize, monetize their video content on any device. Uh, and what we've seen is just, you know, tremendous evolution and, and, and dynamism there. So, I, I, you know, I, I think if there was one uh, uh, kind of generic advice for what it's worth is the importance of experimentation and testing and learning. And, you know, when you think about it, we're undergoing a massive real-time um, uh, experiment for society, right? So I think that there's a lot of learnings, uh, companies that are playing more with with uh, kind of straight subscriptions, uh, companies that have uh, kind of convergent models, if you will, that have uh, ad-supported VOD and, and subscription VOD and are playing with the uh, content within that. And then, you know, I think also interestingly, a lot of how these participants are leveraging data and uh, forms of intelligence to continue to optimize that while at the same time, investing heavily in technology to continue to improve the experience because let's face it you know the the experience is going to be different uh depending on the technology that you're leveraging the connectivity i mean for us obviously uh mobile edge compute and 5g are big components of how we support uh some of those experiences and whatnot so just to recap it i would say experiment uh continue to innovate when it comes to technology and yep. leverage the power of data and, and the intelligence that comes with that to continue to optimize faster. So a lot to unpack there, but for you consumers listening in, what that means is you probably already have a device in your home that can do this, whether it's a little Roku stick that you've lost in your drawer or you know your Apple TV or something. It's, I've found that devices I haven't used in a while actually work. Um, I've been running a social experiment on myself. I just moved into to a, a new house and I decided I don't know if I was just lazy or I really was doing an experiment, but I decided not to hook up cable. So I have tons of broadband, mm. you know, more than any human being should have. I've got that, but I didn't hook it up. And it's, it's, it was, I was a little lost the first week and then I just kind of found myself and I have so much more time by not watching kind of linear clicking around television. It's interesting, but it's, yeah. um, if you are a multi-using household that goes after all the genres, it's it's tough. You know, if you're just one person that has a couple of things you want to do. So it's um that's interesting. But the other thing to unpack that you just brought up is you're almost you're like an arms dealer 
you know, so you probably got almost a billion users on these networks. I think it's like a 900 million or something like that. Um, so that's good. You can monetize the heck out of that, but you also are saying, no, we're, we're an, we're an exchange platform. We don't care where this stuff is placed. We will place. So we're going to, we're basically bringing it. We're in the middle of publishers and advertisers. So that's a big business for you. Obviously you're, you're not alone there as well, but also you've invested uh, back to the uh, mothership billions and billions in 5g. So are you an enabler there on the 5g side or is it more proprietary that you want to launch some things? Yeah. So, so yes. And, and, and what you'll see, and you know, you even see it with, with content, right? So there's a, a few spaces as I highlighted, you know, finance and, and, uh, um, uh, sports, uh, again, for certain sports categories and, and, uh, news for sure. And those were some um, of the, those were some of the gems inside, uh, Yahoo's Yahoo finance is big sports, tough posts, right. Political, and, and, crunch, and, you news. know, the, the, on, on many of those, uh, uh, as I said, we're primary, but we're also leveraging what we know as a publisher to help publisher partners, um, uh, be successful and, and drive their success. So we're, we're playing and supporting in, 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 in both, uh, spectrums. Now back to your point on 5g, um, we've invested a lot in immersive technology, um, you may have heard of Riot. Uh, uh, we have a lot of capabilities there. We launched Verizon Media Immersive, which is a series of capabilities and tools to enable publishing and monetization um, uh, in uh, AR and VR. And uh, we have a lot of scale, not only in terms of powering this through uh, our outlets like news and so on with immersive experiences, but also enabling monetization. So. Um, uh, when you think about the connective tissue with 5G in that side is you can enable much richer immersive experiences and that will only grow and scale. When you think about it on the uh, video side and helping publishers, we powered the Super Bowl earlier this year when, when we still had a chance of doing those things. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, the Dolphin Stadium was a 5G connected stadium. The cameras there enabled the, the users in the stadium to uh, essentially be in the director's chair, right? So you can have your own Jumbotron, if you will. And there's all of these experiences that you can power um, uh, both, you know, as a first party uh, uh, content publisher, if you will, but also for publisher partners, and then for advertisers in terms of delivering a lot more immersive experiences. Yeah, and you did that with the NFL for many other stadiums that just haven't been turned on yet. So a lot of it, a lot right. of investment there. If I'm an AT&T user and I go into one of those stadiums, I can use all the Verizon tools, right? So so if, if you are an AT&T subscriber and uh, you're accessing any of the apps, of course, you will have access to, to yeah. uh, you know, to the capabilities in those apps, yes. Yeah, yeah. so it's a good uh, good engagement tool for sure. The um, We talk a lot about um, kind of, you know, the Dancing with Startups program that we do, but, you know, looking at big companies like yours, innovation and growth, how, things that you should build, things that you should, things that you should buy, and uh, programs that you should actually borrow or partner with. So co-creation, innovation, and you've done a great job at, I think taking these assets that you've acquired over the years and not just sitting on them, but leveraging them. So it'd be fun to talk about one of those, uh, actually a few of those. The, one, the ones I like so far are uh, brand new. So you've got Walmart shopping through your Yahoo email. So I can actually shop 
through my email. I use the Walmart app right now. Tell us about the the email thing. I think it's fascinating. And you've got a great yeah, audience so, there. So, so you know, one of the things that we learned is, um, you know, uh, 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 in the U.S., uh, 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 Verizon Media's male users see one out of every three uh, uh, commercial emails. And uh, so, you know, massive reach and footprint when it comes to that activity. And, you know, you, you could think of a lot of this in the past as, hey, this is your spam folder, your spam inbox. <laughs> but really, a lot of what's happening there is commercial opportunities. So we had created a, a deals tab and experience within mail that was more oriented towards organizing your deals and your commerce. And what we saw was really deep engagement there. Now, when you look at different categories of commerce, online groceries are, are really ripe for disruption and there's a lot of activity there. So we identified a very unique opportunity to partner um, with Walmart and essentially power that through an environment that from an experience standpoint is already highly commercial and a place where consumers organize their, their you know, a lot of their lives or the business of life. So it was a, a pretty seamless opportunity, if you will. Uh, you know, we launched it a couple months ago and uh, we're super excited by what we're seeing. And it's just the kind of tip of the uh, iceberg, if you will, in terms of the opportunity, in terms of connecting content to commerce more more seamless. Yeah. Can, can you tell us how it works? So do I just type in the things I want, bananas, lettuce, mayonnaise, um, or is there a checkbox list or what, how, how does the yeah, so so you have an ability. The, the 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 simplest way to describe it is, you have an ability to uh, organize your shopping list and and essentially initiate your your uh, uh, grocery experience from mail. You will be operating in the Walmart environment, and what we ultimately want to be able to do is to power this very broadly. So um, think of it as when you're in the mail experience you have uh, different tabs and you have an ability to transact um, uh, in one of those in, in, in the you know, massive scale that Walmart has for, for online groceries here in the U.S. Yeah, I think it's a step in the right direction. I, I do a lot of talks on digital dysfunction and it's like our phones just have too many apps on them. This thing is just, I forgot how many are on here and it's we're still slaves to the technology versus the technology working for us. And one good step to that is well, let's maybe try to use a tool that you're already using. Maybe we can make it to do other things. Yeah, and make it more seamless. Yeah, but unfortunately, there's competitive forces there. And like, uh, you know, Google probably doesn't want you to do that because you're somewhat competitive on, on email platforms. Anyway, um, how did you get into this other category, digital out of home? Another acronym, D-O-O-H. I call it DOE. Um, so you, and you've done some really interesting partnerships there, like cooler screens and stuff like that. What what's that all about? Is that strategic? Yeah. And so 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 when you think about it, I mean, uh, uh, w w one of the um, uh, elements of how the industry has evolved is this notion of uh, omni-channel engagement, right? And with digital screens out of home, and again, the category of digital out of home has indoor screens like cooler screens where you know the, the 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 cooler doors in groceries are replaced with actual screens that enable very rich and unique um experiences inside of uh grocery stores um they are in walgreens as as an example um all the way through to the shark experience which is screening golf carts 
uh, all the way through to your more traditional, you know, there's a billboard out there. But when you think about it, we're engaging in life uh, in a host of different ways. And, you know, you can go from a connected TV device to your mobile device to something that you're exposed to in, in these digital screens. So it really allows for a very seamless and integrated type experience. So we've been very bullish in that space. Uh, and, you know, as you mentioned, we've done a lot in terms of new partnerships. And we're very excited because we think it can both deliver a very unique type, uh, uh, you know, location-specific, situation-specific, highly relevant experiences, but also ones that in the back end we can connect with similar data, right? right. So we can uh, enable advertisers to connect with those audiences in very meaningful ways across the board. And we're doing that with uh, TV as well. So think about it in, in very kind of uh, 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 cross-screen, cross-location, cross-situation type uh, right. environment. Yeah, I appreciate you trying not to use the word omni-channel too much. It's just so overused. And, and, and a lot of that can be synced with your phone. So if you're close to these screens, they can actually personalize stuff for you. And are any of those um, touchable? Are they mostly display or the cooler so, ones? So, so um, some of the some of the screen experiences are connected with other applications that you can interact with. The 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 cooler screen ones uh, are right now are, are mostly display. Yeah, and I think that makes sense given uh, what's happened in 2020. Most retailers that the, like Revive is working with, they're just going to phones now, even though they've invested in mirrors and screens and all types of stuff. People don't want to touch them. Um, yeah, I don't think that hygiene thing is going away. I think people are going to pretty much just like I can just get it on my phone. But the visualness of having something huge in front of you, I don't think that's going away. Just might not want to yeah. touch it. That's um, so uh, the golf cart one's interesting though. Is that like serving me up ads or getting me a cocktail or telling me how bad my stroke was? What What are you doing there? Well, you know, I would need to watch more of your game and, and you know, Believe overall me, I, behavior I of the court to, to be I, able to answer that question. It's pretty bad. I would be in the cart watching TV is what I would be doing. There you have it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so again, the experience is deliver both content and, uh, and uh, advertising. And, uh, you know, to your point, it, it, it depends a bit on the audience. I might need a therapist. That would be a good ad after a good golf game. The... Um, that's a good segue into advertising. What's going on in 2020 with ad volume and directionally where people are putting ads? But, you know, both the big, let's start with the big guys, uh, the big budget companies, and then maybe move into some of the opportunistic indie companies that are actually making moves. But what, what are you seeing overall across your networks? Yeah, so I think that you, you can think of it as three categories. If you think about it from the advertiser side, you have... Um, Let's start with the bad slash ugly. You have businesses that are essentially not doing any business, right? Um, uh, then there's the second bucket, which is certain businesses that are uh, trying to figure out the best approach during the pandemic, right? They may need to change their messaging and so on. They are still in business, but they are trying to figure out how to best play it. And then you have certain businesses that are just thriving, right? So we talked about you know, all of the streaming services, a bunch of areas related to wellness, financial services, um, uh, and, and so on. So it's almost like a tale of three cities, if you will. The yes. common thread uh, uh, among all of them, I would say, is that you need more flexibility and simplicity than ever, right? Because a lot 
of the speed in which you need to make some of the decisions, put them into practice, and then connect at the in in the right places um, uh, uh, is required. So, what I would say is uh, for us, and and look, those buckets are the ones that you would expect, right? So I mentioned some examples of categories yeah, and yeah. so on. A lot of, a lot of the, the retailers are in the first bucket, of course. Right, 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 and then you know travel and so on would be. Uh, in the bottom bottom bucket, a bunch of you know uh, uh, restaurants and, and 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 whatnot. Although that has been fluctuating, um, and interestingly, you know, even in those categories, there are some subcategories that you know, like cruise lines. You know, cruises get booked uh, 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 way in advance and so on. So some of those, uh, I, I would say, have come back uh, uh, fairly soon after. After the dip, but uh, you know, so on the advertiser side, I would say those are that's what we're seeing. And then on the publisher side, uh, we're seeing overall uh, more diversification, so more publishers testing subscription models and commerce models. While at the same time, uh, and 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 one of the things for us because we have the both the the buy side and the sell side is mm-hmm. providing an opportunity to connect unique demand and unique supply better, uh, which enables you, you You were uh, kind of alluding to maybe some of the smaller players and so on. That's that's creating a space uh, for smaller players as well, particularly ones that have honed in on key content categories that are a lot more relevant uh, uh, during these times. Yeah, we've noticed that uh, at least in the beauty tech health wellness sector where they're opportunistically buying um, Sometimes what we used to call remnant ads. I don't know if we still call it those, but those last minute, I'm sure you're doing a lot of last minute remnant selling where people are being very opportunistic. But yeah, the small indie brands, as we call them, seem to be, many of them have done well in acquiring new customers in and around the big guys who didn't move that quickly or who just stopped advertising. And, you know, so like you said, the buy and sell thing. All right. So we've covered consumers. We've covered commerce. Let's, uh, What's going on with content? You guys have made some big content investments. Is is the game over with content? Is it just like the big guys and all these little indie companies that are trying to like do the next thing and come up with the next, you know, you know, services like uh, what did I use the other day, uh, Quibi, things like that. They maybe they're not indie anymore, but uh, you know, they do little small, tiny episodes, perfect for people who have ADD and not a lot of time. Um, are we gonna see more of those, by the way? And look, I, I think uh, I believe that we'll definitely see a lot more innovation. And uh, we, uh, you know, as a global company, we learn a lot from other geographies. We've been watching a lot of what has happened in China um, and, and and whatnot. And uh, really, the 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 I, I, I think that there's if nothing else, just a sheer increase in consumption. So it's almost like, you know, you have the glass, you put big rocks, then smaller pebbles, and then sand, and so on. So I, I feel like different kinds of content will will just create uh, new and different opportunities uh, uh, for media consumption. Yeah, and, um, and what do you say to those um, companies out there? Let's just call them startups, entrepreneurs, whatever, that are you know, kind of working on the next thing. You know, you and I know everybody from script writers to just uh, people working at uh, independent studios, things like that, trying to break through. 
Yeah, I mean, look, again, I, I think that uh, in, in all of this transformation, one of the areas that, uh, that, that is impactful is that with the innovation, uh, you have both, you know, innovation can help create greater barriers because some participants have a lot more scale, but it also lowers some of the barriers because it's now more effective and efficient to create and distribute some of these uh, uh, content. So I would say, if nothing else, once again, I, I believe that it's more of a space for innovation. And when you think about it, there's a bunch of areas that we were not dreaming of a year ago that are now mainstream, right? So, uh, and have gained significant, significant scale. So to me, it's more like, you know, continue innovating. And how do you find like the next thing to work on? How do you look at growth and innovation and co-creation, you know, that whole thing that we touched on? Yeah. Um, uh, so a lot of it is, um, uh, we, we work with a very large ecosystem of partners. Um, I'm, for example, involved with an alliance here in Southern California for innovation, regional innovation and so on. So think of it as a multi-pronged approach and we really believe in the power of networks, right? So we have our own areas of innovation where we have thesis around what we learn from consumers and businesses every day. And then, you know, a lot of this comes from uh, innovating with partners. I mean, you talk about cooler screens and the shark experience. Those are great examples of that. Yeah, yeah, you guys are good at it. What, um, we always love to hear stories of, you know, the biggest challenges in your life, things you've struggled with, uh, good stories that can help people. Any, any thoughts there? Yeah, look, I'll, I'll, uh, so so one, I mean, this this whole first quarter, second quarter of this year has been just tremendous, right? In terms of when you, when you think about it, I've in my professional life, I've never seen so much change happening at the same time, and that uh, affects not only the the you know the the business side, but also the personal side and how we interact with our families and loved ones and so on. So I would say, I, I'll be honest, I've struggled personally with, with that. And how do you balance? How do you evolve? How do you manage your teams? How do you manage your customers? How do you help your customers? So professionally and personally, I would say that that's, that's one that is very present because, you know, it's literally happening right now. Um, I would say uh, 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 a prior one in in my career was, and you and I interacted when I was doing this, I was at a, at a startup and uh, we were competing with very large players. And, you know, it's really hard to manage the cash flow on one hand and on the other hand, uh, uh, you know, be able to uh, really... Uh, uh, you know, attract talent and maintain everyone motivated when you know that, you know, you may be running out of cash the following day. Uh, and I think what I learned there is the, the, the power of something that is mission driven and how that engages your partners, your team members and so on, and, and how that, you know, helps you deal with a lot of that. But, you know, when you're in the middle of it, you, you, you don't, I, I, at least I didn't see it. So it's almost like that experience encouraged me to take larger risks afterwards. Yeah, it's good advice. Yvonne, I really want to thank you for uh, joining us uh, on the program. It's been great and uh, look forward to having you back sometime. You've been listening to Yvonne Markman from Verizon and uh, good to see you. Good to see you. Thank you. Yeah, take care. You too.